vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again, and welcome to episode number 21 of Vacation Rental Success. Since I promised Mike I wouldn't be talking about the weather again, I have to say now that um, spring has sprung in Ontario and the ice has come off the lakes and uh, things are looking up now. The only thing is, is that we've had some issues in in both of um, uh, our own cottages and we have flooded basements in both, which is a real pain because we had people booked into Osprey Cottage for Easter and had to cancel at the last minute because not only was the basement flooded, which meant the furnace has been overtaken by water, as has the water heater. So we have no hot water and no heat. Um, but the road was flooded on the way down there as well. So Unfortunately, we had to cancel those guests and uh, and move them elsewhere. Uh, it it all goes to to show how important it is to have a troubleshooting guide, or you know what we we call it our troubleshooting bible. Should something happen, we know exactly what we're going to do, how we're going to handle it. We know who to call to get it fixed. Uh, in this instance, we were able to rehouse our guests in another property. We do encourage all our guests to take out travel insurance. So although these guests had paid us in full, our terms and conditions actually say that we do not refund in uh, in instances of, of of this type of weather occurrence and natural occurrence. However, if they hadn't got travel insurance, then of course we would have refunded them their money in full. But because we encouraged them to take out travel insurance, we were able to um, um, retain the funds, the uh, the rental income from that booking, uh, and we can actually use it to offset the the expense that's going to come our way uh, as we pump water out of the basement and uh, and get the furnace and the water heater fixed. And of course, our guests, because they had the travel insurance, are getting their money back as well. So it's all been, if if you can say it, I guess, a win-win situation all round. Anyhow, let's move on to what we're talking about today. And uh, uh, we're talking to Rex Brown from Melbourne, Australia today. And I came across Rex because he is a speaker at the Vacation Rental World Summit that's coming up in June, uh, be June the 13th to 15th. And it's going to be an absolutely groundbreaking three days of terrific speakers talking about everything and anything to do with the vacation rental industry. And attendance at this three-day online event is completely free. So all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, um, click on that link, it will take you to the Vacation Rental World Summit sign-up page, and then you just um, register to uh, to attend uh, on those days. And, uh, you know, if you can't attend, you will be able to purchase the entire uh, set of um, workshops, seminars, um, after the event is finished. So, uh, it's definitely worthwhile taking a look at that page and uh, and checking out what's uh, what's going to be on, who's going to be speaking, and the topics that they are talking about. I'm doing a session on ways of creating raving fans. It's it's something that uh, that I spend a lot of time trying to do in my own properties, and I've got seven different ways that you can help create raving fans and get them to come back over and over again, and also to to talk about your property to other people. Rex is going to be talking about uh, how he went from zero with a new property, so zero bookings, to 80% booked in three months, which is, which is quite a feat with a brand new property. A lot of the people I've already interviewed are going to be uh, giving workshops. Erica Muller, uh, who we spoke to uh, a month or so back, 
Um, Wendy Shand from totstotravel.co.uk is is talking about uh, winning in the low season. There is a very talented lady who does interior design called Sandra Hamilton, who's going to be talking about how to make the place look wonderful. And I have Sandra as a, as a guest in an upcoming podcast. And there's plenty more. So, so check it out. See who's going to be on uh, during the weekend of the Vacation Rental World Summit and sign up. So without, uh, without further ado, let's get on with, uh, with today's interview. I am so excited to be here today with Rex Brown of HolidayRentalMastery.com. And Rex is the first, it's the first time I have talked to somebody down under on the podcast. And Rex is um, hailing from Melbourne, Australia. So good morning, Rex. How are you doing? Good Good evening, Heather. <laughs> I'm doing very well. <laughs> and um, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm really delighted to be speaking with you after listening to you for so many podcasts. It's really great. This is um, um, an interview I've been wanting to do for quite some time because I've been following what you're doing down in Australia too. And, you know, we, we are so much on the same, same wavelength that this chat is going to be full of useful insights, I'm quite sure, for everybody. So let's kick off. I'd love you to introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us how you got into the holiday rental business. Okay, so uh, we had a rental property, um, my wife and I had a rental property on the Great Ocean Road, which is um, about three hours southwest of Melbourne on a lovely area, same way that you're in a lovely nature area in Ontario, we look out to the sea, um, which is terrific. Um, We were working corporate jobs and um, uh, we had a, a manager look after the rental and that was fine, but in 2004, uh, we went on a holiday and I made an inquiry for a, a place to stay at a place called Kangaroo Island. And within two minutes, I got a call back from the charming owner and I said, uh, well, yes, uh, we'll stay with you, but how did you find out? And she explained about there was a text message arrangement and I'd been working on some web applications in the corporate uh, people that, that, that I was working for, um, which was a big international organisation, Shell. And it occurred to me that things could be done using web technology that had never happened, happened before. And this was an industry that was in, in the middle of a, of, a, um, of a revolution or about to have a revolution. So we went, then went back and put layers of marketing on the managed rental and very quickly got to 80 or 90% rental, uh, whereas in, in our little area, nobody else was. And it occurred to me that by being smart and understanding internet marketing, you could do a lot more and stand out from the industry. Then in 2006, when we moved in Melbourne from Richmond out to a a suburb of Eltham, uh, we kept that house and and used that as a short-term rental. And in 2012, we liked it so much on the Great Ocean Road that we thought we would move permanently down here and build to order um, a vacation rental studio that had everything that we could dream of that would be the perfect rental for uh, romantic couples, uh, which was uh, a gap in the market at the time. And we're very lucky that we live on the property at the rear in a nice house. I'm looking out to, the, to see at the moment. Um, there's a koala that wanders by. We've got six different sorts of native birds. And it's just a joy. Every day I pinch myself to say, um, how did I manage that? It's a, a just a wonderful lifestyle. So that's really how we came into what we're doing. And every day there's something new in our industry, which is such an exciting industry. So it's, I've got the best of all worlds at the moment. You paint such a lovely picture of, of, of wildlife and the ocean. And, you know, I'm looking out actually at the moment on a very, very fast moving river, which is, um, is what my, my office window looks out over. We've just had five months of snow that has melted and the, the, the river is rising rapidly. It's not that um, it's not that wonderful of you today, but uh, but but your description is just perfect. Uh, I've always wanted to go to Australia. You could, and I've I've actually looked at all three of your properties, uh, and I have to say, out of all the times I've looked at anything to do with Australia, this is the first time I felt really 
almost compelled to look further and and to to actually think about going there. I love the properties and I'm just just as a as a shout out to all my listeners there will be a link on the show notes at uh, cottageblogger.com forward slash vrs021 there will be links to all of rex's properties because you've really got to go there and have a look and if if that doesn't really spur you into going to australia then nothing is nothing will <laughs> well heather thank you for that and we would love to have any of our listeners come to stay with us, partly because we like sharing our properties, but also I love talking with other people in the industry because they're so bubbling over with ideas and it, it would be like a real fun experience. Um, so <clears throat> let, let's, let's um, if anyone is interested, please contact me and, let, and introduce yourself and uh, we could have some fun. Oh, I, I am sure. And it's, uh, yes, I'm going to get back on there. So we're talking about your, you've got three fairly different properties. So you've got town property and country property. Can you just describe them a little? You've mentioned the studio. Yes. Um, So the studio is our most recent. It's a relatively confined space, a cosy space. It's been designed around the concept of Zen. And the idea is to encourage people who've got an overloaded city life and want somewhere to, to relax and connect with with um, with nature it overlooks the sea at 60 seconds from the sand um, there's books on Zen there's a, a little um, Zen book that's as you can fit in the palm of your hand that's very inspirational um, there's a spa to relax a steam shower that nobody else has all sorts of bells and whistles and people tend to just uh, come unwind and uh, float away uh, with smiles on their faces at the end of the day. Um, so that that's the most recent and it's, it's worked really well for us. The one before that was our city house, which is a, t- a townhouse, pretty simple, uh, two bedrooms, which we converted into three. It's in a fabulous location, only about three minutes by tram from the centre of Melbourne City. It's gritty, it's urban, there's 52 restaurants and cafes within 250 metres walk. It's a a funky, interesting place and it's very popular with international travellers. And the original one is a little place called Treetops. It's over three levels and uh, it sits high in the rainforest. Uh, There's a lovely mezzanine uh, bedroom that you look out to the sea down the valley uh, through the treetops. Often you'll see birds there and uh, you step outside with a few, a few um, handfuls of seed and birds will descend and land all over you and uh, you look out and often there'll be a koala in the tree in front. It's a very a nature experience and there we specialise in dogs and all our other properties we do allow dogs and encourage dogs but Treetops is one which is a loved house by families with loved dogs. It's just one of those experiences that works really well. So does that give you a bit of an idea, an overview, Heather? It, it does. And what it makes me think of is that you've had to consider different demographics of your target market. So you seem to have three that you're aiming at. So with the uh, Season. It's it's the romance, the the couples, the people looking for the quiet hideaway. With treetops, it's families with 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 dogs, and and that focus. I love absolutely love that focus on on dogs because people who have pets are passionate about them. Um, often far more passionate about dogs than they are about their children. I found. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the. Um, then when you're talking about the city property, you're talking about it being chic and funky and close to restaurants. So you've obviously got a very different target market. So tell me how that impacts your marketing strategy, because I'm I'm guessing that you're having to, to take a different tack with each property to attract your target demographic. Yes, and over many years at Treetops, um, we experimented with all sorts of different things. Um, the, the, I suppose the most important thing, and it casts me back to a podcast you did about descriptions, having good descriptions, um, we try and connect emotionally 
with the um, the target market in a, in the description and in the photograph that we have, so people can feel they're, that they're there. Um, so that there's that part when they they get to our listing, and we've over um, a long time done lots of experiments with AdWords, and tried lots of different ads um, and AdWords for those I'm sure that most listeners will know that's the Google advertising that's uh, propelling Google along and in three lines you can have a limited number of words that can target your um, target audience and you can also target to the keywords that they're using and over the years we did lots of experiments to to um, tie into the the dog market or the owners with dogs and uh, we've found a number of ads that, that have worked. It became a bit expensive sometimes and we, we do so well without AdWords, I've switched it off. But it was a, a way that we could learn about what our target market was resonating with and we did the same thing uh, for Richmond and, and also for um, CZN. In each case, they're different keywords, different target market and we try and resonate with the way that people um, think. And, and what I'd like to do is to use the words that people use in their guest reviews mm-hmm. because that's <laughs> what they're looking for when they come and that's what they tell us when they leave. And if you can do that, you can resonate really well. So um, <clears throat> that's the, the different marketing that we, we do for the, for the different sites. However, we've had a sudden change in our Richmond property and as a slight diversion, I might mention this, um, uh, I network with um, other property owners in Richmond and a couple of them said, oh, things have been a bit quiet lately. Um, usually we're fairly full at this stage. And um, I said, well, we're doing pretty well, but I have to work harder than I did previously. And uh, I started to look at, at the, the, the uh, market and who's advertising and I noticed, I also spoke to with, with another um, of our colleagues and he said that a year ago he was something like 90% booked through Stays, which is the preeminent site for a lot of places in Australia, particularly the rural places. And um, he said that he's now moved across to Airbnb where he gets something like 60% of his um, bookings and um, probably 30% through stays and that's happened over a year and I've been thinking about that because I saw an article recently where Airbnb had a market capitalization of $10 billion and um, HomeAway of only $4 billion and I couldn't figure that out because Airbnb has only been around for a little while and when I looked at Airbnb they are growing exponentially at something like 60, 60% per year in terms of the listings. When I looked at the Richmond area there are almost as many Airbnb listings as stays listings and a year ago that they almost didn't exist and they're not just rooms for rent um, uh, sharing a couch, they're self-contained apartments, self-contained houses and I think we're in the middle of a revolution with Airbnb so on my to-do list this week is to list with Airbnb for Richmond, not for down here because it's a different different market, mm. different. Um, but I think as time goes by, people will um, uh, learn that it, Airbnb model is a model that makes it really easy for owners and for renters, particularly in the urban areas. But it's a good enough model that will probably expand and challenge Home Away and Stays, and Stays is now part of the Home Away stable. And um, I expect, so this is a, a rash prediction that I can make on on your show, Heather, <laughs> that uh, within three years, I believe that Airbnb will have a major presence in regional vacation rentals and may even be um, stronger than home away. It may, um, so that's, that's my rash prediction and I'm certainly going to be watching it very, very carefully. As another little bit of evidence, of in a, in a similar area in South Melbourne, I've got a friend who started a year ago um, with an apartment that she sublets from um, a landlord with a landlord's permission and is 90% booked purely on Airbnb. Um, she loves it and she's looking for another two rentals that she can sublet on the same basis. So in that particular market, it's revolutionary and transformational. In other markets, I think it's um, a, a way off, but something to watch mm-hmm. very, very carefully. So I'm doing a post on my uh, website. I've almost finished 
and it's going to be an epic post because I looked at, at it in a lot of detail um, and I want to do a bit more analysis but that should be out in a couple of days and hopefully I can uh, also stick my neck out again there and make that prediction as well. And so, and so, so anyway, that's a long answer to um, how do I market differently to the different um, different places. Hope I that helps. Oh, I think you made some some terrific points there. And this is, I think, something that owners are perhaps taking on board a little bit more now. That they've they've got to consider. It's it's not just home away for everything. There are different sites for for perhaps different um, areas. There, there was a post on um, LinkedIn um, about 18 months ago where someone said, uh, I'm in Portugal, what's the best place to list on? And people from all over the world said, well, I like this and I like that. And it was crazy to me because no matter where you are, there are a different set of customers and a different set of local listing sites, each of which have different strengths. And what someone uh, with a villa in Portugal might find useful is quite different from where I am on the Great Ocean Road and really people should look very carefully at Google to see for their customers and their keywords who's coming up and look at that periodically and just see because the market is shifting slowly but inexorably all the time mm-hmm. and uh, I think good owners will keep an eye on that all the time to see how um, the, the landscape is moving at a particular time. Yes, yes, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, in, in our area here in Ontario, we have ninety percent of our of our demographic come out of the city of Toronto, and they're not out there looking at home away for their for their mm. rentals. They're looking at local listing sites, and we have two or three uh, local list uh, listing sites that are just focused on Ontario and and Canada in general. So yes, it it, it really does depend where you, where you are, and you're absolutely right that somebody looking to market um, somewhere in Portugal is is perhaps going to be looking at something entirely different in the form of of a general listing marketing strategy than, than somebody in Florida might do. So, so yeah, great points. So where, in fact, do you advertise for, for each one? Is it, is it just stays and Airbnb or do you use any local listing? Do you have any local um, listing sites? Uh, I've experimented with a couple, but um, when I analyse Google, the one that stands out over and over is stays by a long, long way. And I took the decision, Heather, that I would list really well on stays and pay a premium to be in the top five uh, rather than uh, shooting all over the place with 10 or 15 sites and then getting confused about um, where my calendar was and, and all the rest of it. And for the moment, that's fine, but certainly it's not sufficient anymore in Richmond. Um, and I will also list in Flipkey to keep an eye on how that is emerging as well. Um, the good thing about Flipkey is it's a TripAdvisor subsidiary and uh, a lot of the reviews are picked up uh, by Google and can help uh, f- from that point of view. So on my marketing plan, each year I'm looking to do some different things and this year it's Airbnb for inner city and Flipkey for um, the, the outer areas. So mm-hmm. um yeah, that's where I'm thinking at the moment anyway. And you've got your own um, websites for for each yes. of the properties. So, um, And they're all on WordPress because I recognise them. I think I've got my own um, Osprey Cottage website is on the same uh, – I think I'm using the same theme as you. Um, how does – I mean, does traffic go from your listings to your website or are you getting some SEO traction with the websites alone? I'm currently getting most of my traffic from uh, the listing site that I've got. But I find that a lot, a lot of people will um, look at, at the stays listing and then they will go intuitively searching the keywords of treetops and so on. And they'll say, I'll, I'd like to book. And I've, I've been on your, your website and uh, it turns out they've spent maybe uh, 10 minutes prowling through my own website, although the, list, the inquiry may still come through stays. But it's a way of providing an extra, extra credential. We've got a little video that... Um, uh, talks about my wife, Sibylla, um, or, or she's talking, uh, explaining about treetops. On Alto Richmond, I've got a little, little video that I put together where people can walk through the site. So I like to have my own website that I can control and put a few extras that aren't allowed on the listing sites. And of course, that's where my 
uh, landing site is for my AdWords campaign when I'm running the AdWords campaign. So it gives me control and flexibility. Several years ago, I was listing um, up number three and number two organically in Y River, but I'm finding that the the big sites are throwing everything at SEO and they are able to overwhelm little operators like me and I've taken a decision, I, you know, if I'm running at 80 or 90% occupancy, mm-hmm. um, I don't need to spend um, $10,000 uh, having someone help me or 10, 10 hours a week or five hours a week or even two hours a week just um, trying to chase the organic organic search. Uh, others in other markets might find it differently, but um, for the moment, I'm finding the, the listing is, is, the, is the way to go. We'll see how it goes. And if, if someone in our industry finds a really good way of getting organic uh, results simply and easily, well, that's great. But I think Google is smart enough to make sure people have to work to provide great content. And to do that, it's a lot of, lot of work and um, it's a trade-off between the other things that you might want to do for your site. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my current thinking. When I look through your site, it, it's no wonder that people are, are sort of spending 10 or 15 minutes exploring. I mean, the one that I particularly loved was, was the treetops, uh, treetops Y River, because, yes. because of the dogs. Because I'm, I'm a dog lover. If I go anywhere, I want to take my dog with me. And and you, there are very very few sites out there that are really pet focused that that can truly say I'm a pet friendly property. Most people seem to tolerate pets. There's very few that openly welcome them. Uh, I I do that with my own places, and we have you know we 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 provide pet pack. There's there's a dog leash and a and a temporary dog tag and dog bowls and towels for feet and all sorts of things. And, and that brings these guests back over and over and over again because their pets are welcome. So I, I was very impressed with what you're doing. So t- tell me about that niche because it's, it, it always amazes me when I talk to owners and they go, oh, you know, I really don't want to have pets in my house. Yes, well, uh, we were a little bit um, nervous, I suppose, initially to, to know whether we were going to have uh, Rottweilers fighting in the lounge room or um, <laughs> ripping down the curtains or whatever. But we've found over the years that people who value their pets sufficiently to bring them away on holidays um, value that entire experience and go the extra mile to um, look after their property. And treetops, we've had one shoed rug um, one fly wire that needed a little bit of adjustment, one little bit of wood that was um, had a tooth mark on it, all of which were easily fixed. And that's over hundreds and hundreds of rentals. And uh, at season, we allow dogs as well. And uh, we've got wonderful guests, Judy and John. And the last time that they stayed, not only did they look after the place, they actually vacuumed the place and uh, when, when we came to look at it afterwards, it was almost as if they hadn't been there. Although they did have a dog and the dog shed hair, they just went out of their way to to um, look after the place. So we, we understand and value pets. And we've done a few things that, that I, might, I might share with you, Heather, um, in the same way that you have your dog bowls. We've got dog bowls. Um, we've got a kennel, um, although most people... Um, like to have their dogs inside. One or two people say, no, no, our dog must sleep outside because they sleep outside at home and that's what we want. And we say, well, we encourage people to bring them inside, but no, no, that's fine. Uh, We have dog sheets to go over the sofas. We have two large sheets that people can use and have their dogs snuggle up with them on the sofa. I think you do the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing we've done resulted in a crazy conversation I had with my son about um, uh, eight years ago. He said, why don't you put a Polaroid camera in the place and let people take pictures? And I went, oh, no, no, no. Um, no, And then I thought about it and thought, oh, okay, we'll try that. And we came up with the idea of Friends of Treetops um, as a kind of a, um, a catch cry. And we have a, a Polaroid camera. We had the old uh, six-series camera initially um, loaded up with films and we said, share a picture of your dog with us. We put up a notice board and that was an instantaneous hit. And people would write very clever captions 
on the photographs that they could take. And um, the Series 6 um, stopped producing some years ago or wound down and we got another Polaroid camera which is electronic and also prints an instant little photograph. And so people have now got the new version. My wife went out to the notice board yesterday to clear room because there were so many photographs on the notice board and um, and we migrate some to an album which I think we're about on it, about to fill our our first and go on to our second album and people just love it. Um, when I was there the other day, people said, oh, yes, we're all settled in and we've already taken a photograph with a Polaroid camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's something that people really enjoy and um, it's interactive. It, and not only is it fun, the, my way of thinking, it was a way of creating a connection um, with people that they've left behind a photograph, they've thought about a caption and you know, some of them are very clever, like um, so many birds, so little time, and uh, one where there's some very relaxed-looking dogs and saying, we're here, na, 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 cats in the cattery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so people really engage with it and I think help them think about um, treetops when they get home. For us, dogs are wonderful, um, wonderful owners and it's a great niche. We have lots of fun. And um, um, it's it's good for us that people feel a lot of other owners um, are so scared of, of having uh, pets because it helps grow our niche. It's uh, great. Do you charge extra for dogs? Um, no, we don't. Um, and we probably could, but we have um, a policy of no extras, no surprises, no cleaning charge, no dog charge, no credit card charge, and it also helps because we like to know when people have dogs and often we'll find people will book and then they'll say, oh, and by the way, um, would it be okay um, if we have dogs? And of course, on our website, if they read it carefully, we're very welcoming of dogs. We want people to tell us about the dogs. Um, what we don't want is people to sneak them in and our view is if we can have the dogs at no extra fee, people will be very upfront and very open. We will give them our, our usual sheets and make it comfortable for them. And we also have a, a uh, information pack that we can send to people, um, showing them the best walks and beaches and the vets' um, telephone numbers, all that kind of thing. So... Um, um, no, it's a long answer to a short question, Heather. Well, I, I wanted to hear the answer because um, I see this a lot with um, uh, there's people out there, maybe it's agencies or um, or really other or some other experts in the field who will say that uh, you know you really must charge for dogs and people are quite happy to pay for them. But I get I guess it's where where you are yourself and in that whole. Um, dog space. I'm I'm just such a, a dog lover. I would pref I would far prefer my guests to have dogs than have small children. <laughs> so let me ask you, Heather. Do you charge for for dogs um, when people come to your property? Not at all. And we don't. We 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 run a cottage rental agency, so we have over two hundred properties that we rent, and we do not charge um, extra for any pets. What we say to our owners when we set the rates is, you know, if if you are going to be accepting pets and you're going to be including cleaning within the rate, then we make sure that that rate is, you know, it, it, it covers the fact that there would be some extra cleaning. Um, I, d I don't like additional charges at all myself either. So, so we're on the same, the same sheet there as well. So that, that, yes. that's great. Thank you for, for your take on, on the whole pet issue. Cause I know it's, it, it can be quite a contentious one with owners, but, you know, I've never seen a dog take its food and sit on the couch and watch TV and drop bits down the side of the couch and they don't take Crayola to the walls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, and you're absolutely right. We, we find, and we have found in, in 10 years of renting our own properties, that pet owners tend to be the most respectful of, of mm. owners. They, 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 it's almost they feel that it is a privilege to bring their dog with them. So they... In general, nine times out of ten, they they are just wonderful guests and um, and four legged guests to have. Oh, could I just share something with you? I sure. had somebody um, the other day said um, we've got um, three adults and um, oh, there'll be a um, a toddler um, under two, 
And so they applied for three people. And I said, well, actually, that's four. They said, oh, but on an aircraft, if they're under two, you don't pay any extra. And I said, well, did we have on our site that a, a child was free? Because we find, and, and I have two lovely grandchildren who I love to bits. Whenever they come, there's um, jam um, stains on uh, the furniture and other uh, windows, which we don't give a damn about. But um, I would prefer to have dogs than, than toddlers um, because they are just so much work for the cleaners. It's um, yeah. um, just amazing. So anyway, that's just an aside. <laughs> um I wanted to talk about your 80% occupancy because you you have terrific occupancy rates. And when I um, I read something on your website, you were talking about the speed of getting into your guest's headspace. And if you get in there first, the, the better the outcome is going to be. Can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so one one of the things that I do in general is to talk a lot to my uh, my guests. Um, I talk to them when they book. I talk to them when they arrive, if I can, and when I when they leave, if I can. And sometimes I ring them up afterwards, as well, um, just to to make sure that I understand everything about their experience and their expectations. And I run run various um, trials and so on. So it was quite normal for me to call people or to talk to people after they were inquiring or during the inquiring. And I would say things like, oh, could you just tell me what keywords you used when you searched? Someone said, oh, I, have, I used Google. Someone else said, I have no idea. And one person explained it really well. What they said was, I have no idea what I've been searching on. I've been at this for two hours and I'm exhausted. I've seen so many websites i'm totally confused you've rung me because i inquired on you but i would have no idea who you are uh what your website is who else i've inquired on i I just want to book something can i book with you um and and i realized that what was happening was that for some people it was quite exciting to start with but towards the end they, they just were totally fatigued by the whole experience and um they had no idea what they were doing, who they'd inquired with, or what was going on. Um, I have to say there are some people who are the exact opposite. Um, but I thought, for, well, for the people who are, are fatigued, they really would like to uh, understand quite simply uh, who it is they're talking with and so on. And for those people, they often want to just jump to closure. If I respond in a day's time to someone like that, and somebody has responded within an hour, then there's very unlikely I'll get a booking. And then I thought, well, how would it be if I could give them a written reply within two minutes and then a telephone call within four minutes? Um, that way, I would be the first um, response for them in a, in a written way. And also, I would be the first person to talk to them on the telephone. And then, of course, I thought, well... In, in this age of, of pushy marketing, am I going to be seen as a pushy marketer and get a frosty reception? So I took a deep breath and did it. And the, the first person I spoke to in a, in a quick way said, oh, look, thank you for calling back so quickly. That's absolutely wonderful. Uh, well, could I just ask, ask you about, you know, do you have dogs or um, whatever the question was? And then it became a bit of a pattern where they, I would say, uh, just a courtesy call in case you've got any questions. And then most commonly people would say, no, I haven't got any questions. And then I found that if I paused to give them time, they would think through and they would say, no, I haven't got any questions, but um, um, how far are you away from the sea? Do you take bookings for uh, four people? Um, and, and so on, you'd have a, have a conversation and by the end of the conversation, you, in, in many cases, had a relationship with the person. You'd had a chat about what they do on holidays and, and, and so on. I found, I, I started to monitor my conversions. I was surprised I was running at 50% of inquiries converted to, um, to um, uh, bookings on a little um, uh, report that I get. And then it crept up to 60 and then 80 and... And I started to get very excited. And then uh, for one day, um, and this is a list of just 15 most recent um, inquiries, 
um, I was converting 100% of my inquiries to, to bookings. And that was at a, a, a time of year when, you know, I was, was doing particularly well. And, and I realized that often people will inquire for five different people. So I should be converting 20% uh, on average and I was converting um, 60%, um, sometimes uh, 80 and 100%. And now I'd say it's probably closer to 50%, but um, at times it does go to 80%. And so it seems to be something which really works for me in my market. And I've got a slick process where I can get a, a template um, that um, does a respond very quickly. And then I make the call and I always have my little patter. This is just a courtesy call. So it's not... Uh, listen, are you going to book with me? It's um, look. I'm just in case you've got any questions, I can answer and help you. Uh, it's about helping, not pushing. And then, if they don't answer, I um, then have a follow-up email saying, "I tried to contact you, but I'm afraid there was no answer. Uh, if you do have any questions, please call me." And often people will then call me back and apologise that they that I couldn't get through and say, "Look, thank you so much for following up so fast." And um, could I just ask about so-and-so and so-and-so? So for me and my market, it does seem to be something that works. I know that people for years have been saying a quick response um, is important. But for me, I've tried to go the extra bit. And I even do it when I'm traveling. So I, um, in my wife's handbag, she carries a tablet and all of my templates are loaded up. And if I'm traveling in the US somewhere and, um, and I can do it pretty easily, I get, an S I get a text message saying that someone's inquired and I can have a response back um, back in Australia, even though it's a strange time in, in the US. I can then have a telephone call and sometimes I'll say, but you're in San Diego. Are you, is, is, this, <laughs> is this really treetops? Uh, but it works for me and um, seem to... Um, Constantly experiment with, with different responses as well. Um, but uh, that's really a cornerstone of the way I operate. You know, it all comes down to connections, isn't it? We, we, we spend so much time online that actually getting that connection with a real person can make all the difference. And, and I talked to another owner, Lisa Presley-Sador, back in very, very early um, podcast I did. And she has a property, a couple of properties in uh, Orlando. And that was her tactic as well. And she said, you know, she's married to her iPhone. It sits on her hip all the time. And the moment, you know, the moment she gets an inquiry, the people get a response. And she, and she has amazing occupancy. And she puts a lot of that down to this instant response. She's the first one back to talk to them. Have you got any questions? Let me help you. And, you know, with, with that, with that sort of same philosophy that I'm not selling you anything. Do you have any questions about the area that I can I can help with? Because you know I'm pretty expert on the area, whether you book with me or not. Um, so it sounds like that that's exactly what you're doing. Um, could I also say, Heather, that um, I get a fair few emails like everybody else, um, and I move around a bit of the time. And one thing I, I decided uh, a long time ago is I would not s sit at my desk glued to my um, laptop um, and I wouldn't be obsessed by it but by the same token I do want to know when people call if I'm moving around so I've got a special tone that goes off on my on my uh, iPhone uh, when people send me an email uh, which is a potential in inquiry with a keyword uh, the a keyword of one of my properties or uh, for one uh, for stays and I get a, a certain chime and I can then stop what I'm doing. The other day I was about to, to do a one and a half hour trip to our regional centre of Geelong and it was just before I was about to get into the car. I didn't want to get the laptop out but I didn't want to lose the possibility of a booking and I just then rang immediately um, because you know it's easy on the iPhone, you can see the number. I said, look, I'm sorry, I normally... Um, send you an email with uh, details and then ask if you have any inquiries about the area. Um, but I just can't. I'm, I'm about to go on a trip. Can I help you with any questions ab about the house or the area? And the person said, oh, thank you very much. Oh, that's very nice. Um, oh, yes. Now, uh, and the usual questions. And then, oh, and how do I book? And, and I said, oh, well, uh, if you just send me these details um, or we can talk a bit later. 
and uh, we talked a bit later and, and I had that booking. So it didn't really interrupt my day and, it, and I wasn't glued to the laptop. So it can be a bit strange when I'm walking around and there's all these funny um, sounds <laughs> coming out of my pocket. But uh, again, it works. It works for me. Yep. Whatever works is is is... <laughs> Is the process to use Rex? I, I, you know, I've got loads of other things I want to talk to you about. We were going to talk about virtual assistants, but you know, I'd, I'd like to um, come back on a, on perhaps a, a later podcast and perhaps do something specific on VAs because I think sure. um, you know I, I talk a lot to um, small property managers, you know, people who've who started with one or two properties and now have other owners asking them to manage their properties for them. And this is where the virtual assistant really comes in 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 useful. I'd I'd love to get into that discussion and perhaps we'll we'll come back to that on a on a later podcast because we're we're sort of getting to the limits of our time now. And and I do want to mention the Vacation Rental World Summit, which is coming up in uh, in June, because you are delivering a workshop, presentation, seminar, whatever, whatever we're calling it. And uh, can, <laughs> can you just uh, just give us the title of that and what people should uh, expect? Uh, yes. So I talk about um, how I took our most recent property season. Um, from new to um, 80% occupancy in three months. I'm, I'm sure that'll be of interest to some people. And uh, like you, Heather, I'm absolutely overwhelmed to be part of this World Summit. And, and I think it's a groundbreaking event that will probably change um, our industry for the years to come. There's so many fantastic people talking about really... Uh, vital topics that you could, I, I think you could probably get someone who was a, a new vacation rental owner and if they attend that summit, they would probably learn more in three days than they would in, in three years of making mistakes um, in trial and error on their own property. Oh, I I totally agree. I I'm I I can't wait for it because <laughs> you're you're giving you're giving your uh, your talk. I've got mine, and then there's ten others. That that is my weekend totally taken up because I'm going to be attending every single one. I believe being part of the whole thing. So you know, I think Antonio has done the most amazing job getting this together. Can't wait for it to happen, and I'll make sure with every pod. I'm just about everybody I'm interviewing at the moment is is part of this summit. So by the time I think in but uh, by the time we get to sort of the middle of May I will have interviewed everybody who's going to be taking part. So so any listeners out there who are looking at the Vacation Rental World Summit uh, outline and I'll be putting um, a link to that as well. Have a listen to all the podcasts you can check out all the presenters um, before the event, give you a really, really good taster of what you're going to get. And it's going to be some of the most amazing quality information. Rex, what else would you like to um, to share with us? Um, tell us a bit about your website, what you're doing and how people can perhaps subscribe to your newsletter or anything else you'd like them to do. Oh, thanks, Heather. Yes, um, I was um, pretty much inspired by uh, the, the state of innovation in the industry. And I thought, um, I'd like to share with, with people flavours of, of what um, I do. Um, and I suppose my initial thinking was for people from Australia um, because there'll be an Australian flavour to it, but also there'll be an inter international flavour. So on my website, I have a series of posts. Uh, I've gone into a lot of detail about my rapid response and the high conversion rate from that. And um, I'm about to do a post on the Airbnb phenomenon that's transforming one little part of our market. Um, and uh, people can sign up, they get a free ebook about describing the uh, high conversion rate formula that I've used and the insights in, in how I've uh, how I stumbled on it and so on. I'd love to um, share with other people uh, my experiences and have dialogues with people as well. So um, really appreciate that, Heather. It's www holidayrentalmastery.com and um, it's, it's only a fledgling site at this stage but uh, everyone starts somewhere and um, the good thing about this industry is that there's fantastic people who um, share um, as we go so um, I feel privileged to be part of that. I should say Heather too on behalf of a lot of the readers and listeners to your blogs and your podcasts what you do is um, world leading in our industry too so um, a little thank you for that. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, we, we, when we were talking beforehand and we were saying, uh, we, we've both been around quite a long time in this industry. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I know I go back to, I mean, started my blog in 2005, which is, is a bit scary now. It's been going for this long. But uh, yes, I really appreciate that comment. Rex, you've been an absolute delight to talk to. As I said at the very outset, we, you and I have a huge amount in common and uh, and I'm looking forward to to talking to you a lot more in the future. We'll have to Google Hangouts is the next thing. We're going to have to get onto a Google Hangout <laughs> together. Absolutely, Heather. And I've got some interesting ideas that I'd like to share with you at some stage, um, and um, no doubt with your listeners and so on. So thank you so much for having me on today. It's been a real privilege for me to to be here. Um, and um, I'm excited. I'm going to keep listening to those podcasts, Heather, because they're, <laughs> they're sheer gold. Oh, thank you so much, Rex. Many thanks for, for, for being my guest today. Well, that was great. And thank you so much to Rex for getting up really early in the morning in Melbourne to uh, to meet my schedule here in Ontario. And, and that was a great discussion. And as I said at the beginning, Rex and I are so much on the same wavelength. We, we, we tend to, to think the same about the business. We've both been in the business for a long, long time and, and both share this passion that, uh, that I think everybody that, uh, that I know who is delivering information at the moment on the business, everybody seems to have that same passion. So, so it, was, it was great to talk to him. Uh, as we mentioned in our discussion about the Vacation Rental World Summit, and I said at the very beginning, check out the link so you can go and see who's, who's talking at it. Of course, everything we've talked about is in the show notes. If you want to go and check out any of Rex's properties, I've put a link to Season, to Treetops and to Alto Richmond, which is the property in, uh, in Melbourne itself. So that's uh, that's just about all for today. I'm still looking forward to interviewing a few people who are going to, few more people who are going to be talking at the summit who I haven't yet done an interview with. So as soon as um as soon as I can I'll be getting those on the podcast as well. So by the time we get to let's say the end of May, I will have talked to everybody who's going to be uh, delivering a seminar or a workshop. So you'll have a good idea of, of, of the sort of content and the quality of content you're going to get. So as ever, if you like this podcast, I'd love you to go to iTunes and, uh, and write me an honest review. The, uh, the link to the review page is at the bottom of the show notes. So take a look and um, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. And of course, if you've got any, any, anything you'd like to feed back to myself or Rex about what we talked about, then just, uh, just put a comment in there. So as ever, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure and I'll look forward to being with you again soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Oh, 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 oh